Good morning. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. It's a bright, sunny day. Um, yeah, I had a chance to, hopefully you had a chance to look at the uh, announcements as they were on the uh, on the screen this morning. Um, there's a couple I'd just like to point out real quickly in case you missed them. It's some coming events that on March the 20th, there is, uh, what is that, Easter egg? Yeah, we're going to have like we had with uh, Santa Claus. It's actually going to be a visit with Easter Bunny where the cars are going to drive up and Easter Bunny will be on the bridge here and get to meet the kids and they'll get a little candy in the process. But please invite your friends and family and local you know, people to come and see Easter Bunny and we're also at that time going to pass out information on our uh, Sunday program, we'll call it, with the kids in the nursery. That's, that's between 9.30 and 11.30 on the 20th. Also on the 20th, we're uh, planning a prayer potluck. It's prayers, it's not food, unfortunately. I wish it was. And uh, so if you have prayer, prayer, prayer requests, you'll, you'll submit them. And I don't know, there's talk now of maybe doing it inside the church. Yeah, we're gonna do it in the sanctuary. Yeah, we're gonna do it inside the church? Yeah, we're gonna teach you just like on Sunday. So space out, but you can come into the sanctuary. And, and you can bring any prayer. It doesn't have to be a prayer. Wish I could stand up to people. It doesn't have to be a prayer request. It can be a prayer that you just like to pray. You know, one that you know you found somewhere and you just really enjoy it, love it, feel like it would be something that could benefit other people. So you can write your own. You can bring a, a prayer that you just enjoy praying that you got from somewhere else, um, and you have a choice. You can either, when you come in, you're going to be able to either drop it in a basket. And then we'll just pull them out kind of like i'll pull them out randomly and read them or if you would like to share it personally you're welcome to do that too so um, it's just going to be kind of a, just an informal time for us to share and pray and you know just have some some prayer fellowship together so that's the idea and you know in, in lieu of a potpourri of food we're going to have a potpourri of prayer all right so that's the idea, and it, it, you know, we never tried it before, but we'll see how it works out. So I hope it's good, and I hope that you come. Again, that's March, March the 20th, and that's at 3, uh, three in the afternoon. Um, also, if uh, you would like to volunteer to serve as an usher, please see Sharon Wright. Uh, volunteers are always needed in many endeavors within the church to keep us, uh, keep us going, and Spread the, spread the joy and the burden around, I guess. Also, don't forget, you can always uh, order fla altar flowers. Those are always needed and, and welcomed. And uh, you can sign up on the bulletin board. And I think um, it's not on here, but there's a, it was also, you can order your Easter flowers of the, the last day for ordering them is next Sunday. And I believe there's order forms back on. I didn't on, see any on the table. They're not on the table? I didn't see them. I looked this morning. Oh, okay. I don't know where well, they are. Call the office. Call, call Jeanette. Yeah, call Jeanette. Um, yes, Erica. Um, speaking of the children's education program, I just thought I'd do a visual, and I'll leave this outside um, when y'all head out. Um, just to be thinking, if there's people that want to take some leadership roles, we have lots of um, new openings with having a new nursery and a children's um, church program. Um, so just start thinking about that. If you're just like, I don't know, I'm just like nervous to sign up for anything, 
On March 20th, we are also having just an informational meeting, just a planning. So if you just want to come and like learn about, you know, what we would be doing, like what would it involve teaching in children's church or the nursery or um, such. So um, if you are currently, we'd still love you to be on here. So just meet me out there and I'll help sign you up. And uh, <laughs> we'd, we'd love to have some more leadership. Um, also, so we have a flyer on your way out if you have grandchildren or children that are you're just wanting to know the times and such. And we'll also have an Easter egg hunt um, on Easter right after church. So we'll just do that outside and we'll do it social distancing. We donate candy, don't we? Yes, candy. And we think we might have eggs, but if you have eggs that you'd like to donate also too. Thank you. Anybody else have anything? Uh, yeah, uh, Band of Brothers this Tuesday on uh, Zoom meeting. I will be leading. Uh, we'll be discussing uh, basically the roles God plays in our lives between your work life and your home life. So um, how to balance the two and stuff like that. But uh, Tuesday at 7, a Zoom meeting. Anyone's interested in uh, joining? Uh, Band of Brothers, so sorry, ladies. But uh, I can I can send you an email with the link uh, Tuesday night at seven. Thank you. Okay, before I forget, uh, happy birthday wishes this week to Mary Peters and to Dolly Fost, and a happy anniversary to Chad and Jamie Roberts who have been married eleven years, and. Our family and friends this week to keep in our prayers are Jim and Darlene Dennis and Jenny McIntosh. How are we all this morning? Good. Good? Awesome. Wow. I am so happy to see you all here today on this bright, sunshiny day. Um, a beautiful pre, we'll call it pre-spring. We won't even call it late winter. We'll call it pre-spring. How about that? Uh, that sounds better, doesn't it? Um, so good to see you here today. If you'll join me, please, we have a responsive call to worship this morning. It should be up on the screen for you. <clears throat> Called by Christ. Blessed by God's wisdom. Amazed by God's love. The line of Christ reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. God decided, through the foolishness of our proclamation, to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the call, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Please join with me in prayer. God of the covenant, 
God of love, you blessed us with your servant, Son, so that we might know how to serve your people with justice and mercy. We gather the needs of ourselves and others and offer them to you in faith and love, along with our praises to you. And we seek to be strengthened to meet all the challenges that are coming our way. So Lord, we'd like to lift before you um, Ron and Holly, who are well enough to be with us in, in worship today. We, we are so thankful for that and, and appreciate all that um, you have done for them. And uh, we want to lift praise to you today too, also, to you also, <laughs> to you also, for your uh, gracious mercy on, on our, our community and our country, on the improvement uh, in the situation of things that have allowed us, you know, to, to be able to meet together again that have allowed us to have vaccines against the pandemic and that so many of us have been able to be vaccinated and that more vaccine is on the way and that we have the promise of everybody having a vaccine now by the end of May. That people who are, are suffering from unemployment are starting to find jobs. So Lord, we just thank you for, for all of that and, and pray for your continued mercy. 
and uh, we'd like to lift before you some petitions this morning. Travel mercies for Linda and her sister Becky, who are traveling to see their other sister Pat, whose husband Frank is uh, dealing with some health issues. We pray for them to get there safely, for their visit to be fruitful and affordable, <coughs> and that they'll give some comfort to Pat and um, that you be with Frank. As he goes through this time, and that you uh, give your healing mercies upon Frank and help him to recover and feel better. Um, I would like to lift before you the, the family and friends of Bernard Moore, who has passed away. Be with them in their time of grief. Give them strength to get through this time. And also, same for the family of John Egan, who we've been praying for, for his family. with his family and thank you for allowing his wife and kids to be with him at the very end. We, we just want to lift both of them and their families before you, Lord, have mercy. And then also for uh, Bob Corbett, um, a very beloved school teacher and coach who uh, suffered a heart attack and is in the hospital, be with him as he recovers and hopefully he will return to, to health and you know, back to his family and, and the people who love and, and care for him. So Lord, shape us and transform us by your loving grace, that we may grow in wisdom and confidence, never faltering until we have done all that you desire to bring your realm of shalom to fulfillment. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
I was there the day that Jesus walked into the temple. He just stood there at first, almost as in disbelief. And then I saw it. I saw that fire growing in his eyes. I'd come from Galilee to the place where God said he'd meet us. Did it feel like a scam? Yeah. I was never able to afford a lamb for my sacrifice, so I had to settle for one of those overpriced pigeons. As a young wife and mother, there's a word you never expect to be called. Widow. I didn't realize how safe I'd felt with my husband around until he was gone. And then it just felt like being exposed on every side with nothing in between your babies and a world of vipers. But me, just me. So I stood there that day in the temple and I watched as Jesus grabbed a whip and drove those businessmen out of the temple, poured their money on the ground. But more than that, there was something about the expression on his face. I recognized it. He swung that whip like vipers were threatening his kids. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. <laughs> it took me three years to figure out what he meant. <laughs> Slow learner. <laughs> he wasn't talking about the building. That was a place where dishonest men put their grimy fingerprints all over God's glory. They defiled the intimate process of worshiping Him. That day wasn't about destruction. It was about hope. Because now, knowing God is all about Jesus. As I think about that day back in the temple, and I remember what Jesus did and how he did it. It felt like being rescued. Life can still be brutal. My kids' appetites are still growing. I still cry a lot. made a place for me to be still, where rest and trust meet right there at God's feet. And the price of that access, it's paid because of Jesus. He conquered death, and that's how I make it through life. Passover of the Jews was nearer, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of, all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. 
Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 40 years, and you will raise it up in three days. He was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Please join me. God's wisdom is faithful, and your message is true, Lord. Let us listen for the message of wisdom and truth that you give to us each day. Amen. So, today, we continue with our series called 40 Days with Jesus. And this morning, um, we saw the video based on um, the uh, series by the Skit Guys. And last week, we met Simon Peter. He told us about being a stumbling block. And this week, we have met a widow at the temple who has been witness to Jesus' cleansing of the temple. But before we get into all that, I want to set up an image for you that I'm going to, and for that, I'm going to use one of my favorite movies to do it. And I know I've used this movie as an illustration before, but. Um, Bear with me, it's my message, so I guess it'll have to be my movie reference. <laughs> and, and yes, I know it's the wrong season, but please bear with me, because the image is a good one. Okay, think of the movie, The Christmas Story. Remember that one? I've talked about it before. And Rafi is a fourth grader, and he's the main character of the story, and he wants a Red Rider model, range model, air rifle with a compass and stock and a thing that tells time. In other words, he wants a BB gun. And um, he wants this for Christmas, and he sets out on a campaign to get Santa to bring it to him. And his plan is thwarted at every turn by well-meaning adults in his life who keep telling him that BB guns are dangerous and you'll shoot your eye out. Now, needless to say, Ralphie becomes more and more frustrated as days before Christmas quickly run out. And then on the eve of Christmas break, Scott Farkas, the neighborhood bully, who has tormented Ralphie and all his friends, nails Ralphie in the face with a snowball as they walk home from school. Ralphie, who is at his wit's end, begins to cry. Scott Farkas laughs. Ralphie's friends run. Ralphie's little brother scurries off to get mom. The bully's laughing. Randy's going for help. His friends have scattered. Ralphie is crying. And then, yes, those of you who have seen it know what happens next. I see it in your eyes. Ralphie loses it. Now hold on to that image in your mind. We'll leave it 
there for just a minute, but we'll come back to that just that moment that Ralphie loses it and starts wailing on that boy. Jesus driving the money changers from the temple is an important moment. We know this, we know how important it is because the story is recorded in all four of the gospel accounts. And um, that's unusual because there are very few events that are recorded in all four gospels. And the event occurs during Passover, which is the most important celebration in the Jewish calendar. The celebration of Passover commemorates God's deliverance of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. It is estimated by scholars that as many as two million pilgrims in Jesus' day flocked to Jerusalem during Passover week to celebrate and to worship and to make an offering at the temple. Now the temple itself was the center of worship, music, culture, politics, society, national celebration, and national mourning for the Jewish people. It wasn't just a church on the corner. It was the place that Jews believed God came to meet with his people. And as N.T. Wright has written, the temple was the beating heart of Judaism. So the incident begins that day with Jesus and his disciples in Jerusalem for the Passover celebration. And through the throngs of people, Jesus makes his way to the temple courtyard to make his sacrificial offering. Now imagine a scene sort of like a busy mall at Christmas time, with three or four thousand people milling about between vendor stalls, <coughs> with the addition of hundreds of birds, and sheep and goats and young bulls. The temple was divided into different sections um, that allowed different levels of access to uh, different groups of people based on their race or their ethnicity or their gender. And the area just inside the temple gates was called the Court of Gentiles. And it was accessible to anyone, whether you were a Jew or, or not, whether you were male or female, it didn't matter. You could assemble there in the Court of the Gentiles. Now, all who wished to offer an annual sacrifice, an animal sacrifice or a monetary offering at the temple would enter the temple through this courtyard. And there were different qualifications for which animals were acceptable for sacrifice and which kinds of coins uh, might be acceptable for the offering. And so therefore, merchants were present in the courtyard, both selling suitable kosher animals and also inspecting animals that were um, brought by pilgrims. And there were trades going on, all kinds of commerce. And also present in the courtyard would have been the money changers who were busy exchanging foreign currency for the local temple coins that were acceptable for the offering. Now all of this commerce that happened in the courtyard was originally intended as a service for the convenience of travelers to allow them to more easily participate in the necessary ritual acts of worship. However, as all of us have witnessed on our travels to popular tourist destinations, 
Shops for tourist convenience easily become what we call today tourist traps, full of high-priced, cheaply made tchotchkes and substandard merchandise. And on top of this, unscrupulous money changers charged usurious rates to exchange currency for temple coins. What had begun as a convenient service had become a scummy corruption orgy right there on God's front porch. God's temple and his glory were being stained by the crooked business practices and usury in the name of religion. We ever heard that happen before? Yes, we have. Now, the Pharisees were offended by all of this corruption and dirt and smell of animals and what they saw as Gentile filth. And they knew how to worship, where to worship, how long to worship, what to say, how to kneel, and how much it cost. They were the rule makers, the rule keepers, and the finger pointers. They had hidden themselves away inside the temple, ignoring the noise and the filth going on just outside. They were much too busy showing people how it's done and letting them know if they weren't doing it just right. And what was going on in the courtyard, well, it was just a means to an end as far as the temple leaders were concerned. And then suddenly, there was the sound of a loud disturbance coming from outside the temple, screaming and shouting, sounds of trampling feet, the squawking and buying and mooing from startled birds and animals. The people were awakened. And the disciples, they thought this was the beginning of the long-awaited revolution. Some of them, like many of the Jewish people of the time, believed the Messiah was going to take over, dispel the Romans from their midst, Finally, God's chosen people would be in charge again. So far, all Jesus had really done was tell some stories, feed some hungry crowds, cast out some demons, heal some sick people. Even during his best moments, when it was clear that miracles had indeed occurred, Jesus would say, hey friends, you know that whole blind people getting their sight back thing? Let's just keep that between us for now. But this moment was like the disciples peeking from behind the chain link fence, watching Ralphie beating up Scott Burgess, school bully. Finally, they thought, this is it. This is the beginning. Jesus was saying, this is the beginning of the end. Now, back at the temple, the religious leaders of the time would have taken their cut of whatever the money changers were raking in. If you were too poor to have livestock, you could buy a dove for the sacrifice. And we heard about that back um, when we had the baptism of the Lord Sunday. And we heard that Joseph and Mary, who were too poor to, to bring any other sacrifice, purchased doves at the temple. So this is a similar thing. 
Um, inside the temple, they would only take temple coins, as I said. So you had to trade any coins you brought with you from wherever you lived for um, the correct ones. And it was sort of like a currency exchange. But some of the traders would cheat people because everyone in charge was taking a cut. The money changers were the ones who set the rates. And the rates never went down. No, instead, on big holidays, they would just keep going up, 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 up. And often, they were taking the worst advantage of the people who were least able to afford it. Now, after reading this passage of scripture, does it mean that we shouldn't let the youth have a bake sale in the lobby or allow the UMW to sell soup in the fellowship hall? No, of course not. That's not what Jesus means. He was not against fair commerce. He was angry because people were being cheated in the name of worshiping his father. He was upset because people coming to the temple in faith were being ripped off in God's name, and they had no way to avoid it. Jesus was upset that the one thing that was supposed to bring people closer to God was being used to cheat people. These unscrupulous merchants had made worship dirty. That's the reason why this event is often called the cleansing of the temple. Now, just like many unjust systems today, a whole lot of people had a whole lot of money and reputation invested in keeping the corrupt system working just the way it was. They were concerned about who they were harming, only about what they were getting out of it. Wealth, power, prestige. Then along comes Jesus. And he says, no, not anymore. Jesus is saying before everyone, God is going to do something brand new. And he's going to do it through me. This is an announcement that says, God hasn't given up on you. Stop going through life like a zombie wandering around in an endless shopping mall. Wake up, Jesus is calling to each and every one of us. Wake up. That lot in life that they told you was yours, that you just had to keep your eyes downcast and live with it, just had to put up with it, Jesus says, no, you don't. Greed and power, and rules, and corruption, and intimidation have no power. Not anymore. We're going to do something else. However, when we challenge the system, when we call people out and call them to do things in a way they have never done them before, sometimes we will have to pay for it. And sometimes we will pay for it with our own blood. 
The people in Jesus' day believed they had to endure suffering in order to get reward later. But Jesus is saying, this body, this one right here before you, is coming back. I will raise this temple, this body. And he isn't talking about the building. The woman in the video says she wasn't afraid watching Jesus. She says watching him was like being rescued. Jesus tears down the old and he builds something new. He gives that impoverished woman and us a new understanding of who God is. If you take a quick trip through the Old Testament, as wonderful a story as it is, you will encounter God's people going through lots and lots of trials and tribulations, plagues, locusts, floods, wandering. There's an entire book of the Old Testament entitled Lamentations. Do you know what that book is about? You guessed it. It's an entire book about sadness and lamenting. But Jesus came to say, not anymore. We're going to do something new. Do you remember playing Monopoly as a kid? I was always that poor kid who owned no good properties, no houses, no hotels. I got by in Monopoly by landing on chance and community chest. And then all I had to do was make it pass go. I could collect another $200 if I didn't get sent directly to jail. Jesus sits down in the middle of our Monopoly game, and he clears the board. He tells us to pass go. Jesus tells us these money changers are taking everything you have, and I'm here to give you relief. I'm going to give you a new start. Everything you thought you knew about the world is gone, done. This is where it starts. So it's about reassurance. When we hit the bottom, when we just cannot take it anymore, Jesus shows up and he says, Destroy this temple, and I will rebuild it. Resurrection is about now. Now. Pray. Truth be told, Jesus, we there are lots of tables that need overturning in our lives. Beneath the veneer of respectability, the tidy robes and neat regulations, they hide dark addictions and angry judgments, hungry greeds, and heartless rejections. We know the pain, and so do those around us. Keeping up the facade. What a relief it would be to have it all upset, smashed, scattered, destroyed, 
perhaps Jesus today you could pay us a visit and help us to radically rearrange the furniture of our lives. Amen.
who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, regardless of age or denominational affiliation, and who seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, all who seek him are welcome at his table. Let us now confess our sin before God and one another. Lord should be up there for you. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your law. We have not loved our neighbor. And we have not heard the cry Forgive us, we pray. Free us with joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. <coughs> Let's offer signs of reconciliation and love to one another. And remember, we must remain distant, but you can use your voices to bless those nearby, or you may signal signs of love across the room with air hugs, blown kisses, <laughs> ASL sign language for I love you. Any of those will work. So at this time, please pass the peace to those around you. Doesn't that feel good? Yes. <laughs> to greet one another in peace? Yes. It is easy to offer our money and our gold, but God desires our hearts and our lives. Even as we offer our gifts in the offering plate this day, let us reflect on how we might give our hearts and our lives so that others may know the truth of God's wisdom and love. And as always, there will be plates if you haven't already put your offering in them. You brought it with you today. You may leave it on the way out. You may mail it. You may drop it off at the office during office hours, or you may use online giving. But however you give today or in the coming week, just know that your gift is appreciated more than you can imagine and does more good than you probably will ever know. So thank you. May the gifts we bring be gifts of love. And the offerings we share be offerings of our hearts. May each gift be blessed by your grace. The others may know the truth, your wisdom, and your love. Now the doxology.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us lift up our hearts. We lift we them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right to give you our thanks and praise, O God. In the word of your cross, though appearing foolish, is the power and wisdom which save us. You created the universe, the skies tell of your glory, and the earth bears witness to your steadfast love. You brought your people from slavery to freedom and gave your holy commandments through Moses, words that guide the simple and sharpen vision, reviving the soul and delighting the heart. When the world in its sophistication and pride made an idol of money and a marketplace of your temple, using your name only to boost profits. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, filled with zeal for your honor. He was torn down by the fury of evil, evil and corruption, rose again in three days, forever establishing the foolishness and the weakness of God as the pathway for life salvation and so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven we praise your name and join in their unending hymn holy holy holy, holy lord god power and might heaven and earth are full of your glory hosanna in the highest blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. When you gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness, where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sins, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering and death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now, when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he gave thanks to you. And he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, and he gave thanks to you, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, 
In remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ has Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the whole world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with one another, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and give us our trust. Now, if you wish, you may stand for the partaking of the bread and the wine. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The body of Christ broken for you. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing of the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ shed for you. Do you drink? Let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. You may be seated. There's a place where mercy reigns never die. There's a place where streams of grace will leap and rise. All the love Thank you. 